Remember, there are two types of people. People who run on a treadmill. So if you're somebody that has a job, if you're somebody who's self-employed, you're running on a treadmill as far as fast as you can to create income. And then the second type of person is that owns treadmills that other people run on, meaning rental properties, cash flow properties that create income for you. The question is, who are you going to be? Welcome to the Cashflow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world. People that have greater cash flow coming in every single month or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in, and that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show. Hey folks, Andrew Holmes here, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation with Bart Kaczynski, a seasoned contractor turned successful real estate investor. As we delve into his journey, we touch on critical aspects of the real estate landscape. Firstly, Bart emphasizes the importance of mindset. Shifting from larger, time-consuming projects to smaller, more profitable ventures made a significant impact on his success. It's a powerful reminder that sometimes less is more in the world of real estate. Secondly, we explore the transformative power of diversification in funding sources. Bart's strategic approach involves leveraging resources within and outside our mastery community. This highlights the significance of having multiple avenues for financing, providing stability and flexibility in different market conditions. Lastly, Bart's preference for A and B neighborhoods for Airbnb investments unveils a crucial strategy. By carefully selecting locations and property types, he maximizes profitability and minimizes potential risks. It's a reminder that strategic property selection plays a pivotal role in long-term success. So grab your favorite drink, sit back, and join me as we uncover these valuable takeaways from Bart's enriching journey in the world of real estate investing. Let's dive in. Hi, guys. We have a fun show for you today. So today on Cashflow for Life, we have Bart in the studio. So Bart, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. So Bart is a little bit nervous sometimes. So don't be nervous, Bart. I think everybody is in for a treat. So Bart happens to be a contractor. So this show is about um, from contracting to becoming a successful real estate investor. So contracting for life to cash flow for life, right? So Bart, you want to, how long have you been contracting? I've been contracting for the last 20 years. 20 years. Okay. And what's your heritage? Uh, I'm Polish. I'm Polish, right? So a lot of times I laugh about that, that Polish people are in the trucking business in Chicago or in the contracting. Correct. So um, you kind of made this transition, right? So what type of uh, business were you doing before? Were you doing contracting for other people? Were you doing flips for yourself? What was the main business? So 20, 20 years ago, I started uh, as a contractor working for, someone, uh, for somebody else um, as an employee. Uh-huh. And uh, the first uh, couple of years, maybe eight years, I was learning the different trades. And when I was ready, I opened up my own business and I started uh, working for myself uh, and for the other clients. Um, so 
last 12 years, uh, we are doing um, a lot of projects for investors, clients, uh, some commercial projects. And uh, I always wanted to do some investing because I was doing that for, for the other people, the other investors. And at that time, it looks cool. Uh, so I saved some money um, and I started uh, with the first flip uh, maybe nine years ago. Okay. Um, and since that, I was doing um, work for someone else and at least one, two flips for myself. So basically, you're I working hear. for other people. You learn the trade. You're working for other people. You're doing some flips for yourself and then you're doing flips for other people. That's correct. That was kind of the business. So when you came to us, right, mm -hmm. you showed up around us. Uh, this is about now, what, a year and a half ago? Um, May 2022. May 2022. Okay, yes. so actually not that long ago at all, right? year and a half, basically. So at that point, what was the reason for you to show up? Because it wasn't like I was going to teach you anything about construction, right? You've forgotten no. more about construction than I know. But what was it that you were trying to do? What was the pain point? Um, I always wanted to do to do the rentals, but um, I didn't know how. I was doing, like I said, I was doing uh, some flips for my own. And before I joined Mastery, I st started doing the flip uh, the rentals also. And it took me three years to uh, acquire three properties and rent them out. Through, okay. you know, conventional strategies. So three years to basically buy a property, rehab it, rent it out. Uh, that whole process was a three-year process. That was a three-year process. Um, I think I was using the hard money on one and the rest was uh, financed uh, with all cash. Um, and then I started uh, seeing other people doing uh, rentals as well. Uh, probably they started at the same time as me, and they had much more, um, much bigger portfolio than me. And I was trying to see what's uh, what's the recipe for what, what's the secret. What's, okay. what's the secret? So, what's the recipe for? So did for you that? come up? Did you come to the three day event, the whole mastery thing, because you knew somebody, or was it like you saw an ad? How did you? You know, that's, exactly that's funny because uh, I I think I attended. Uh, Couple of year, couple of years ago, I attended the uh, first Midwest uh, Real Estate Summit um, yeah. in UIC, and I was there uh, with Click Invest. I was at the Click Invest at the time, and you were on the stage also. And I started following you um, and your social media since then, and I was trying to copycat some of the stuff that you were talking about. Um, then I met. Uh, I, I always thought that mastery is for um, newbies. So, new, new people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the people that they don't know nothing about the uh, construction or investment. I thought, and I thought I I know everything that you are teaching over here. Then I started uh, meeting the people that actually are part of the mastery, and uh, it it got me thinking that maybe there is something that I don't know. I I even joined the mastery before the three day. Oh, right. You basically. So it was one of those things, and this I think this happens to all of us. Right at different times that we have done something, and we're like, man, what is this person going to tell me that I already don't know? Right, and I think sometimes it happens to me. It happens to all of us. Right, that we may know the business, but may not be working at the level. And some of it is that it's like you gotta take one step back to speed up, which is that you can't do as many rehabs. It doesn't make any sense. Right, they need to be more profitable. 
and that there's a little bit tweaks, small tweaks make a huge difference. So three years to do three rentals. That's correct. In the last year and a half, how many properties you have now? Um, excluding three? Yeah, excluding three. Uh, probably across flips, wholesale, rentals, and Airbnbs, 20, 20, 20 something, 22, maybe 21. 21 or 22 properties yes. year, year and a half. I, I just closed on the on one more today. Okay, got it. So, I mean, is that good? Is that good? So for everybody in the audience, a lot of times. So what was so different? Like meaning now this is just what you do, right? I mean, every four or five days I see you either at one of the meetings or you're in the office or you're doing something, right? What was the big drastic change? Like when you came to the three days, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, you joined Mastery. What was the shift in terms of your thinking? Because clearly your mindset has changed quite a bit. What was that? So the first thing I think the people though that are here, um, open-minded people. Um you can talk with them about anything in investing, uh, real estate, um, then uh, access to private money lenders, access to the information um access to knowledge um what else um so did you know like the way we basically within mastery right buy uh borrow private money purchase plus rehab then get the rehab done that part of it you obviously understood pretty well but right? i didn't know that it's so easy i'm sorry i didn't know that it's so easy to borrow the private money to borrow the private money okay got it right i mean that's not typical right in general you don't find a bunch of people that are like hey i'll give you money right because they can make money and you can make money. So that was the first part. Second part was obviously the rehabs part of it, which you knew. How about on the refinance part of it? Were you refinancing your properties out properly at that point? Were you looking at cash flow? Um, I was doing uh, traditional conventional refis after a year. Okay. So, uh, so I owned the property for a year. Rent, uh, I, rent, I, I bought it, uh, fixed it, and uh, rented it out. And after the year, after the year I refinance it. One at one at Chase. One uh, I, I forgot. Um, but when I uh, when I spoke with the commercial lender over here and uh, and the mastery, they told me that I don't have to wait six or twelve months. Right. I don't need any seasoning. I can do a refi in less than uh, ninety, 90 days. days. Yeah, it just opened up my uh, eyes a little bit uh, differently. You know, right? That I mean, which is the traditional thing is people will put twenty percent down buy the property if they have hard money or whatever type of money, then they'll put in the money, all of it for rehab. Then they go to a traditional bank. So if you don't show income, if your credit is off a little bit, anything is off, you're not getting the loan, right? And that process is a lot longer. So now are you, so how many total rentals do you have today? Um, Probably, I'm almost done with a couple of the rentals uh, right. right now. Um, by the end of this month, uh, Middle of the February, we're gonna have up and running uh, eighteen properties. Eighteen properties yes. from three to eighteen, uh, plus the other three on top of it. Other three that you're working on now. Yes. Okay, got it. So you'll be basically at that about twenty twenty one mark. Now for eighteen properties, a lot of people, and you're in the trades. A lot of times, people are like, "Well, why would you buy smaller single family properties? Right? You could buy a bigger property, and you could uh, rehab that." Right, mm-hmm. you could buy bigger multi-units. Why are you still sticking to the smaller properties? It's very easy to fix it. It's very easy to manage. 
and it's very easy to rent it out and uh, refinance. Okay, got it. So it's basically ease of it and how quickly you can get that done. That's correct. That's the reason behind it, right? So because this is a lot of times people are like, oh my God, I have to have you know bigger properties to make a lot of money. You don't, right? In no. fact, smaller is better because even if you make a mistake, something goes wrong, right? It's very, very, very lucrative to do smaller properties. So if you have 20 properties that are all basically settled, right? I mean, obviously the last ones you're still working on 2021, you're going to have that. What kind of cash flow is that every single month? Um, I already cash flow from the properties that the, the I've been running. Um, it's about 7,600. Uh, 7,600 after expenses. Uh, net. 7,600 net. net cash net. flow. Right. I believe this is for nine properties. Uh-huh. And uh, on top of that, there's a couple of Airbnbs. Right. Plus the one that are still not rented. Right. So when we're done with uh, all of those, uh, next month we should be collecting around 10,000 from long terms right? and the uh, same amount from uh, short terms. From the Airbnbs. That's correct. Got it. So basically, and uh, the reason uh, why we keep bringing this up a lot of times is that a lot of times people have this misbelief that, oh my God, right, Andrew, uh, I got to buy a three flat. I got to buy a four unit. I got to do multi-units, right? Guys, listen, if you just want to buy bigger properties because you love bigger properties, fantastic, right? But if you want to make money, you do not need bigger properties. In fact, smaller is much more lucrative in terms of making money. So as far as like in general, in the Chicagoland area, right? You're buying properties. What what type of properties, A, B, C, or D, what do you stick with generally? I started with C because it was easy to buy. Um, less, uh, lower purchase price. Um, and then um, I thought maybe it's a good idea to start with uh, C neighborhood and rent it out to Section 8 to right. secure the income at the, at the beginning. So that was my strategy last year. And the first eight properties are Section 8 and uh, C neighborhoods. Then we switched. And to, you have good cash flow on those. Uh, yeah, the, the, cash flow, the cash flow is actually great for the, for the Section 8. So what is your average cash flow on those? Average? Um, I would say seven seven fifty is an average. Seven fifty seven fifty net. net. Yeah, net. but one property is cash flowing uh, three ninety five, but the other one is cash flowing uh, fourteen hundred. So basically, if you average it out, but about seven seven fifty. Seven fifty uh, after all a, expenses. Seven fifty is a good number after the expenses. Got it. Um, and then, so these are basically in what we would call a C suburb. C suburb. Right? C plus suburb. C plus suburbs. Okay, got it. Now with Section Eight, a lot of people, a lot of investors are scared of Section Eight, right? Um, and like, I don't have that many section eights, but, uh, you started investing in a hot market, right? So the market's obviously crazy hot even today. Um, why did you choose to go with section eight type of properties? Why not market tenants? Like I said, um, I started in the middle of, uh, COVID yeah. and, um, I thought what's going to happen if people's going to lose their jobs, uh, right. they're going to stop paying the rents right away. So the safe bet would be to rent it out to the people that they have the housing vouchers. Got it. And then uh, as far as Airbnbs and uh, midterm rentals now, how long have you had those rent, uh, running? The first one we bought uh, in 2021 uh -huh. in Florida. Right. So that one is, uh, we have it for three years already. Okay. Um, next one, uh, the second one, 
I bought it a year and a half ago. Right. It's up and running for a year already mm-hmm. over here in Chicago. And uh, it looks like it's cash flowing as good as the one in uh, Florida. In Florida. And uh, like the one in Chicago, do you have any money out of pocket in that deal? Um, I had some money out of pocket after the refi, but uh, I get my money back in uh, two months uh, from the cash flow. From the cash flow. Okay, got it. So you had a little bit of money in, now you have it out. Now, are you doing any sort of a rental arbitrage or any of that, or are these all properties that you own for Airbnbs? No, we no, I I, I don't. I only do uh, Airbnbs on my own properties. On your own properties. Okay. So let me ask you this. As far as like coming from a contractor background, right? I have always felt that uh, real estate agents, contractors, real estate attorneys, people in the title business, the mortgage business, these are people that are very, very close, right, to the real estate business. But yet... They do rehabs for everybody else. They may help other people buy properties. They just don't do it for themselves. Why do you think that is? I mean, like, we laugh about this all the time. We have a lot of people that are Polish in mastery today. But if you look at the population of Chicago or in general nationally, right, a lot of people who are in those businesses, why do you think they are not investors themselves? Uh, it's, 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 it's. I mean, it's hard to to say why the other people and are, are not thinking about about the, the, themselves as investors. For me, it, it was different. I, I knew it that I want to do that, but uh, I didn't have the resources to 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 start investing. Um, during, uh, you think some of that is lack of knowledge. Uh, most of them is lack of knowledge. Okay, I would say. because a lot of times that they've figured out how to work hard and not necessarily work smart. So they keep working, 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 and they think because one thing is working, they're like, man, I don't want to mess with it. You think part of it is that? It might be a part of it. Right. Because I we see that a lot of times, especially with the immigrant population, right? A lot of times they're like, man, we figure one thing out, right? Now we don't want to change, right? Because if we change, oh my God, what if something goes wrong? I think a lot of it is based out of fear and then it comes across as being hard-headed, Right that people don't want to change, but uh, a lot of times you're so close to the business. Are you enjoying the show thus far? You know what they say, knowledge is not power, but rather it's the application of knowledge that is power. That's why we are excited to announce the new dates for our Build Your Empire three-day conference and property tour. At this game-changing event, you'll discover how to build lasting wealth with real estate, learn step-by-step methods, avoid common mistakes, and get insights from dozens of real estate and financial experts. If you are listening to the podcast, you know that real estate is a team sport, and we're here to introduce you to the local pros who can help you every step of the way. This event is your opportunity to walk through active real estate deals in Chicago and nearby neighborhoods. And the best part is, you can either attend live or virtually. Go to andrewhomesevents.com and get your early bird tickets now. At the event, you'll see properties being transformed into flips, rentals, or wholesale properties, giving you a rare and valuable learning experience outside the classroom. Meet and learn from successful students who've profited from our mentorship. Hear their stories and struggles, and discover how you can follow in their footsteps, regardless of your background or experience. And so much more. We also have a VIP package that will give you access to our exclusive networking sessions and an opportunity to connect and meet with Andrew himself. Plus, we even give you a hot lunch all of the days you are there. 
For more information and to secure your spot, visit andrewhomesevents.com. We sell out every time, so don't miss this opportunity to transform your real estate career. We will see you at our next event. And now, back to the show. Now, as far as uh, flips-wise, did you ever do like bigger flips at one point? Um, are you doing bigger flips, smaller flips? What do you stick to? Um, yes, I did. Uh, I started with the small flips. Okay. And then maybe 2000, I decided to do the fancy flips in Portage Park. We bought three, uh, three single-family bungalows, and we decided to put a second-story addition. Um, I thought it's going to be a quick project, and we're going to make a lot of money. Um, the projects uh, took over a year from, uh, from, the, from the start to finish. It cost me a lot of money. It cost me a lot of interest. And by the end of the day, I didn't make any money almost. Okay. So how has that, because we're big believers, right? That no big projects, right? No second story additions. 99.9% times those things don't make sense because you can make just as much money on smaller projects than you make on bigger projects, right? Bigger projects take more time. There's more stress. There's more risk. There's a lot of factors that are working against you. Right, so you do a two fifty three hundred thousand dollar flip, you can make sixty seventy eighty thousand bucks. Right, has that is that another philosophy that you've adopted today? Is that something you're looking at? No, I that I changed my uh, mindset too. Like I said, the the properties in Portage Park, the the sale the the sale price was six uh, six fifty. Right, all of the money invested was around five hundred thousand. So it didn't make any sense to spend so much money and make maybe 40, 50,000 by the end of the day. Like you said, we can, we can buy the property for 200,000, add another 60, 80,000 and make 60,000 easy. 60 to 80,000 bucks, right? And this is where a lot of times that contractors especially have a hard time with this because they're in the contracting business. So they really think that they have to do contracting for themselves, right? What they don't realize is there's not that much money in contracting. This is just a fact. Now, because their time is spent in it, they feel, oh my God, because I, so the difference between a contractor and investor, and this is critical, right? That uh, we're in the investing business, meaning we are in the business of finding great deal. Contracting or rehabbing is a necessary evil, right? That's, if I said that to a contractor off the street, they would never understand that, right? They're like, well, what do you mean? It's a necessary evil. I'm like, no, no. This is the part of the business that we have to do to get to an outcome. But this is not the type of the business you should take pride in. This is just, an, is that something, that philosophy, uh, did it take you time to adopt to adopt that? Or did you, once you got it, you're like, no, man, this makes sense. Like you said, uh, right after I discovered how does everything works, I, I decided that I want to do this only. Okay. So today, are you doing any contracting for other people or... You're doing mostly your projects. Mostly are my projects. Okay. Uh, so ninety percent of the projects projects are only for for myself. For you. So how do you divide it? Because obviously your income comes from either you do a flip mm -hmm. or you do contracting, right? Um, because all the wealth long term that you're building with Airbnbs with uh, rental properties, you're not living on that money necessarily, correct? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So you're just reinvesting that to keep growing that side of the business. Whatever. Uh, all of the cash flow is reinvested. Reinvested. Okay. Got it. So how do you balance that between 
taking on projects for other people, doing flips? Uh, and then uh, do you have like, okay, yearly, I want to make this much money from this side of the business and rest, everything goes towards long-term. Is that how you do it? I'm trying to do two flips, at least two flips um, a year okay. for myself. Um, maybe maybe three this, this year. And uh, for if, if I have the opportunity to work for uh, the other people, I'm trying to choose the larger projects. Okay. So if the if this is a large project, I can I can I can take care of it, I can do it, um, and at the same time I can do my projects as well. Got it. So those projects you have a little bit better margin, um, you know, more money you can make on those projects. So you're basically being selective in terms of the type of projects that you do. That's correct. Got it. And then on the back end, whenever you are basically because this is something that is very very tough for people, they're like, oh my god. Where's Bart finding all these private money lenders from, mm -hmm. right? Because that is the hardest thing for most people. They're like, well, where do these, where am I going to find these lenders? Okay for him, but where do you find these lenders? You know, like eight years ago, eight years ago, I was looking for private money lenders everywhere. Uh, friends, family, people that um, I just met and I couldn't find anyone. Um, right now, um, actually the lender, the lenders are calling me and asking me when I'm going to buy the something, something new. Right, because they are basically dying to give you a loan. That's great. Right, and the reason, so these are all lenders out of mastery. Uh, no, almost every, everyone is from mastery. Okay. I, I, I also have uh, outside of mastery lender. Now you have a, another lender outside of mastery. That's correct. So it's basically you used the mastery to start, get the ball rolling, develop that uh, reputation, develop the confidence in people, right? And now if you want, you can basically borrow money even from outside people at a lower interest rate. That's correct. Right. So that's how you're kind of doing it now. Uh, we also, uh, I'm, I'm also using um, commercial lending. Commercial lending. Hard, okay. hard, hard money. Okay. Um, diversity. Just, you know, I'm, we're doing eight, project, eight projects at a time. Okay. So I, I need a couple of sources of, uh, of lending. Of lending. Okay, got it. So you're basically kind of diversifying it. Some from mastery side, some from your private money lenders from uh, outside, and then some is coming from commercial loan. That's correct. Got it. So as far as uh, when you're deciding on a property, if I'm going to keep it for a wholesale, if I'm going to do a uh, flip with it, or if I'm going to uh, rent the property or Airbnb it, what goes through your mind when you're making that decision? So if uh, I, I only flip because I have to, to make, okay. to get, to make a income. Okay. If the property is, uh, doesn't, doesn't uh, meet the numbers for the rental, and uh, the profit on the flip side is less than 25,000, 30,000 for me. I'm trying to wholesale it. Okay. Uh, if not, uh, I'm just gonna flip myself. Okay. And every property that I'm buying right now in AB neighborhoods, the first thing I'm checking if it's, uh, if I can Airbnb that one. Okay. So first thing you find a good property in a good area, you're like, number one is, okay, can I Airbnb this? Right. Number two, you'll go to, okay, what would be the cash flow if I rent it? That's correct. Right. And then you'll look at, okay, flipper uh, wholesale. Only if I have to. Only if you have to. Okay, got it. So, because this is a process which is very different than most people do. Most people are like, oh my God, I'm going to flip it. Right. That's the first thing that comes to mind. The reason we want most people to think about it from this perspective is that what is your highest and best, most profitable deal? It's an Airbnb that makes 15 to 2,000 bucks a month net, right? Because, I mean, think about that. You had four or five of those, right? That's 10, 12, 15,000 just from four or five 
of those properties. It's extremely profitable if you give it a little bit amount of time. So as far as Airbnb areas versus the rental areas, right? Uh, do you pick different pockets or do you take some of the rentals you have, convert those into Airbnbs? No, I didn't convert anything. Okay. I The the, the new Airbnbs are in the A and B neighborhoods. Okay, A and B neighborhoods. So now you're buying uh, A and B neighborhoods. Yes. Okay. That's, my, that's my goal for, the, for, for this year. For this year. Okay, got it. So basically, if you notice, guys, that I started with small properties when I started small townhouses, small condos, because that's all the money I had for. In Bart's case, he started in an uh, area of town, which I would call CC minus, he calls it C plus, C plus. right? He calls it C plus, but uh, still, they, he was buying in a basically affordable, much more affordable area, he built a portfolio, nice little nest egg, and now as he continues to grow, he's gonna start upgrading his portfolio. Not that there's anything wrong with these properties, these properties make a lot of money, but then you want to have better and better and better quality real estate because that'll uh, basically put your number of headaches you have, it'll become less and less and less over time. Is that kind of the thought process you're thinking? That's, that's my strategy. That's the strategy. Okay, cool. So uh, having said that, anything else uh, for anybody that is listening, Bart, that uh, you did a good job, man. Thank you, you know, I know you always <laughs> feel that, oh my God, I'm nervous. What am I going to say? I'm still, but there's a lot of people like you that are in your shoes uh, that are contractors currently, and they don't see a way out. So for them, what would you say? Um, they have to. They have to come to, to the three day, for example, and uh, listen uh, all of the informations and uh, try to do this uh, on their own. Got it. So um, guys, show up at the three day. Uh, become a part of the group because a lot of times what happens is um, I'm sure Bart will be there in the three day. There's a lot of people that come. And by listening to a podcast like this, by what you're doing is you're opening up your mind. There are always better ways. What we do today is probably not the best way. I'm sure there's a better solution, a better solution. And all of us have to keep kind of upping our game as we get av avail ourselves to more and more new information. And remember, there are two types of people. People who run on a treadmill. So if you're somebody that has a job, if you're somebody who's self-employed, you're running on a treadmill as far as fast as you can to create income. And then the second type of person is that owns treadmills that other people run on, meaning rental properties, cash flow properties that create income for you. The question is, who are you going to be? So Bart, thank you very much, buddy. This thank has you. been great. Guys, you're listening to uh, Cashflow for Life. This is Andrew and talk to you guys soon. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cashflow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.